1: And you're welcome back to The Last Word. It's Ian Guider in for Matt today. And as it's Wednesday evening, it's time for our Culture Club. And I'm delighted to be joined in studio by the artist Ed Williamson. Ed, you're very welcome to the Culture
2: Club. Thanks very much. Thanks very much for having me.
1: Your new exhibition is on in the Oriel Gallery and you're a very famous painter. People know you all around the world. You've got some very famous clients. But before you were an artist, you are actually... A
2: sports professional. I was, yeah. I used to play professional rugby for a very long time, about 15 years. Uh, mainly at Newcastle Falcons. Played there for about 10 years. With uh, some some big names and stuff, which was uh, great. But yeah, it was uh, quite the career swap at the end of it all. Um, picking up a Brush again, which was a lot less... Um, a lot less violent.
1: <laughs> we won't go. We won't dwell too much on the rugby, given the weekend that it was. But how did you go from being a professional rugby player into becoming a very well-known artist?
2: Well, it was. It's sort of in my blood. When I was younger, my mum and dad had um, uh, fine art picture frame shops and things like that. My uncle was a professional artist, so. <laughs> I was always good at drawing at school, so I was always there. Um, I did neglect it for about 10 years. When I signed that first crow contact at 18, I just ran off into the sun, really. Uh, But when I got hit with another injury around 2011 time, I thought to myself, I'm going to have to think about what's coming next here. So uh, my wife encouraged me to pick up Rush again, and we overlapped. I did a lot of work building up, trying to make, um, just kept working hard and hard and hard, trying to work with different mediums and all that kind of stuff, just building the business. So that when I knew I was going to come to the end, everything was in place for it to be uh, to be going. So
1: now, your latest exhibition is on in the Oriel Gallery in Dublin.
2: Tell us a bit about it. Well, um, it's called Persona. It's um, undoubtedly my best body of work most cohesive piece of uh, body of work. Which is uh, it, and obviously being in a gallery like the Oriel is a, a real a real big thing for me um I'll shamelessly plug also that they're in the RDS this weekend <laughs> as well um, so along with some of the other fine artists in the, in, in the Oriel there so yeah no it, it's um it's it's very exciting for me it's been it's been a great time being a part of that gallery and Mandy there who is the uh, director is She's just, uh, she's great. She's got a really good eye for things. So, uh, and and, and good advice all the way through as well.
1: Okay. Well, let's get into some of your picks. And we'll start off with music. And I think this is some that your first choice is a song that influenced you quite a lot. And it's something I think from the 90s, it is an absolute classic.
2: Yeah. Um, Well, look. I, I tried to think back for what it was, and I'm pretty sure this is what I, It just kept popping into my mind that um, smells like Teen Spirit by Nirvana, which was definitely the first cassette tape I bought. Um, and I do When I was used to, when I was a young lad and I was running around the um, the workshop and stuff, which you probably shouldn't have done, but it was my one of my, uh, my my good friends now who used to work for my dad. Actually, he was always playing that stuff, and uh, Nirvana and Metallica, all those things, and he took me down the road to the to the record shop and where I bought my first first um first cassette tape and it was yeah smells like Teen Spirit. It's a it's a banger like <laughs> it is.
1: Let's hear a little bit of it. That is Nirvana smells like team spirit. Is that something you'd have on the background as you're painting?
2: Well, yeah, sometimes. I tell I tell you what, when I'm painting, I tend to actually put um, movies or TV series on the background, normally ones which I've watched or won't take much, it, like, watching, if you know what I mean, so just yeah, action films and stuff like that. Uh, but sometimes I do like a bit of music and... Um, yeah, it, music it doesn't, it doesn't affect me in terms of how I paint or how I feel when I'm painting or anything like that. But I do. I am very stuck in my ways when it comes to music. I think um, my wife's very, very. Uh, she she she, lo- she knows all the new stuff. My boys know the same things that she knows. She's she's very got a finger on the pulse. So he's like guys, the, Uh but me no. I. I uh, I don't want to go down that old rap moment's path just liking what you like, but it's just, it's hard not to to stay away from
1: that. Oh, not with a classic like that. Let's move on to your favourite
2: album. Yeah, so uh, the next thing I would have, I I remember buying when it was a CD was the black album, uh, Metallica's black album. And from, that was just because the first time I heard the first song, I was just like, that. that is, I love that. That is me, 100%. And, um... I've seen Metallica maybe five times live. They are un- undoubtedly my favourite band and um, that first song, Into The Sandman, is just, is just fantastic stuff. It's so, like the riffs and the, the timing and the depth of the whole thing just gets your head banging, doesn't it?
1: It does. Let's have a little bit of it. That is Enter Sandman from Metallica's Black Album, your favourite. But we're going to do a bit of a 180 here because <laughs> we asked you about your favourite band and I would have thought that you, you know, growing up in the 90s, coming of age, it would have been something like Oasis or would have been Nirvana. But your favourite artist, go on, no, tell
2: us. No, 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 right. Let's just put it... First of all, I do... Sandman obviously likes my choice of music so far. <laughs> um, so I... Right, this is just more of a family connection thing and I'm not all... Heavy, heavy, heavy all the time. And my daughter and I, we go to school every morning. She has the longest trip into school, so I drive her in. And Tay-Tay is just on quite a lot. <laughs> and, and he can't not love Taylor Swift, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, the whole world loves her, so why not me too?
1: She's impossible to avoid right now. Let's have a little bit of a listen to Blank Space by Taylor Swift.
0: Make the bad guys good for a weekend
1: That is blank space by Taylor Swift. Your current favorite artist, I think that's the way we'll phrase it. Let's let's move on to some of the gigs you've been at over the years. You mentioned that you've seen Metallica alive quite a
2: lot, but what else have stood out for you? Well, I think it, we're sort of touching now that like music, uh, you, you like music for the memories that you remind you remind of memories you remind of. You you you, you know the things that the, the emotions that create because of what's happened in the past there, and. One of the the best gigs I went to mainly was because it was my wife, and we've never been to one together before, but we went to the Stade de France when we lived in, in France, and um, we watched Beyoncé and Jade Z. And it, w- they put the... It was just after the World France World Cup in football, and they put the... Because
1: you played in France for a number of years. Yeah, for about eight years
2: there. I was over just down in Bordeaux. So um, they put the World Cup on the big screen there. We watched it, and everyone was going actually bonkers, and then obviously Beyoncé comes out. And I've never really listen to or obviously know Beyonce is and then man she can put on a show like it was unbelievable. And as I said, just with being with my wife and stuff and seeing how happy she was and it was I was getting into it and Yeah, it was great. But um it did was a big, big U turn from what I normally went to, which was as said, download festivals, sonosphere festivals, all that the heavy metal gigs and all that kind of stuff. Um just so you know the years, it was definitely a massive swing. But I really, really, really enjoyed it. Like it was it was good, yeah.
1: Nobody can beat the power of Beyonce. So let's have a listen to Jay Z mainly and Beyonce singing Crazy in Love at the Stade de France back in July twenty eighteen. No the... Jay Z and Beyonce, and I'm always thinking when you people see sports stars around the world before they go, they get off the bus before they go onto the ground, they off the headphones on. Yes. Would that have been in your headphones at <laughs> the time?
2: I don't know about that. Like, uh, no, no, I was I stuck to the heavy guns when I, was, when I was listening to music before games. I had a little playlist, and it was it was extremely heavy, actually. <laughs> to be honest, um, I, to be fair, towards the end of my career, actually, I actually. My whole way of approaching rugby sort of shifted a bit and that, that affected how what music I listened to and it actually mellowed out a little bit towards the end because you know, I became a little bit more sensible by the way I played. I think a lot of older players will say the same thing. Uh, so it did actually shift but no never listened to Beyonce <laughs> before, Okay. <laughs> well the artist
1: Ed Williamson is our Culture Club guest this week we've gone through your musical choices mostly a good bit of heavy metal as you said but we'll get through your movies your TVs and even your book choices after the break so stay with us here on The Last Word and you're welcome back to The Last Word it's Culture Club time and in studio with us this week is Ed Williamson artist and former rugby player Ed we've been going through some of your musical choices in the last few moments Moments, but before I get on to some of your other picks this week, as I said, you've been an artist for many, many years now, but you've been very successful at it, and you've picked up some very high-profile high customers. Tell us about some of them, if you can.
2: Well, yeah, I've, I've had a few, and I think a lot of it's come through the connections I've had through rugby. Um, so, um, Carol Vorderman commissioned and bought a few paintings off me, and that was purely via a rugby connection, again, um, which was Gareth Thomas. Uh, who I also didn't know personally, but got through him through a, through a, through a Ruby connection, um, and then I have a friend, an ex ruby player called Ross Beatty, who had a, who has a, a club down in Monaco, and he um, was was quite close with the the Prince of Monaco down there. So he ended up getting a painting of mine to him, which was quite exciting. So yeah, I mean, I've and obviously a lot of Ruby players have got my uh, bits bits and bobs of my work from over the years. Even back when I first started and picked up a, a, a pencil again just started drawing pictures of. The boys' dogs and um, their cats and babies and stuff for fifty quid, forty quid here, right at the very beginning. Like that was a squad which had people like Gavin Henson and people like that. In so, you know, it was. Um, they, so people of rugby players and mainly rugby players have got some of my work from spanning a, a whole career of art so far and a, a very very broad selection of work as well. So yeah, not that that's been a good a good uh, part of my my job and it's like. You've got to sort of use the connections you've got, um, and rugby has, has opened a lot of doors in that respect.
1: What do the players make of you now? This big, tough forward, who for many years had have been packing down with well-known names, and now you're sitting in an artist's studio and exhibiting in galleries in um, Ireland and around the
2: world. Well, I don't, no, they don't. They tend not to mention it. To be honest, they do. Well, if it is, it's a, it's a little bit, a little bit, uh, little bit of mix taken here and there. But not nothing. Actually, I've got a couple of mates now who have who started picking up the brush just for a little bit of, um, I don't know, maybe to keep their mind off the fact that they're not playing rugby or if they've got a little bit of, a few issues. Because, you know, stopping rugby is not easy. Mm. Um, it's it's not an easy thing to do. You've got so much adrenaline pumping through your body week by week and then just to stop dead, it's it's quite hard. So the, a couple of boys have, have picked up a brush. I mean, one of my mates over in New Zealand, Carl Heyman, he's picked up a to a brush, and it's actually quite good. He does landscapes and stuff, <laughs> all, all the mountain stuff, and that guy's a, a mountain of a man. So he, he and he's there painting with his little brush in his studio and stuff. So, you know, it's uh, I get a bit a bit of crack, but nothing nothing too bad.
1: <laughs> now, before anybody thinks that you're also out there doing landscapes, maybe tell us about some of the work you work you
2: do, all right? Okay, well, I think probably the best way I tried to describe this last time was it was um, it's I'm trying to I walk the line between realism is surrealism it's uh, it's figurative work um mainly women and they have this surreal element will be their faces is covered by <laughs> anything could be a diver's helmet a, a disco ball anything like that but um things which are out of place but don't look out of place when you first when you first drag your eye onto the painting and then when you have that double take that's what I want I want reaction and I want it to sort of create emotion when people are looking at the painting and stuff and, and, and question what they're looking at. Because a lot of the time, I've got an idea in my head of what I've painted and w- why I've done it. Whenever someone comes to speak to me about it, it's never what I'm seeing is what they're seeing. And that's actually the most interesting part of what I'm doing, is that whenever someone looks at my painting, they don't see the same thing I see. They, they see something completely different and then they come back with their explanation and it's, that's perfect. That's what I want. Do you know what I mean?
1: Does popular culture influence you? I've looked at some of your paintings online, and I'll pass by the gallery on my way home anyway this evening. But yeah. what
2: what influences you? Um, well, what influences me what influenced me at the beginning was uh, when I actually this idea of which we're doing now is which, which was born was I needed a connection to the work I was doing, and I didn't have that. I was just painting pictures which I thought it would sell. So a little trip to the ballet with my with my wife in Bordeaux. Sparked this whole line of conversation where we sort of saw the mirror between the preparation, the physical uh, preparation side for, for ballet dancers and rugby players, and how everybody in the in the public just sees this end product, whether it's on a on the stage or in the, on the rugby pitch. Um, so there was a there was a mirror there, and also so so actually where it started was I popped just big warrior helmets on ballet dancers just because there was a nice, I hate the word, but juxtaposition there, but also the the, the warrior helmet sort of had a nod to the old rugby thing and it it sort of melded and and evolved from that and morphed into what it is now and this surrealist element started to creep in over a few uh, years of experimenting with um, like old masters paintings and all that kind of stuff. And then obviously pop culture just naturally fits into that surreal element because when you're looking at something classically painted, which is relatively well detailed, uh, and you've got a classical helmet on or classical pose holding a Coke, coke, coke bottle or a, a Starbucks coffee cup or something or a McDonald's coffee cup something like that just doesn't seem to fit but the, I'm trying to make it fit and then hopefully it does fit but then it, it has a sort of, it, again, it sort of sparks questions when, when someone's looking at them.
1: It certainly does stand out. As I said, I had a look at them uh, before we came in today. Let's move on to some of your other choices. We went through your musical picks there before the break but let's move on Says say to your, your favourite movie.
2: Yes, well, Jaws would be my favorite movie. I, it depends what your class's favorite. If it's how many times you watch something, and I think that probably is a good good barometer for how for something it's favorite. And I, I must have watched that film easy top three hundred, four hundred times. Like <laughs> when I was little, I used to watch it, and every time that bit where the boat, the fella's head pops out of the boat, I used to high behind the sofa. <laughs> um, and for a long, long time, and I would. Uh, when that Robert Shaw says these uh, his, 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 does his speech about the Indianapolis and stuff, it's just fantastic stuff Like and I, uh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, let's get a little bit of a listen to Robert Shaw in a scene from Jaws
0: You all know me Know how I earn a living I'll catch this bird for you but it ain't gonna be easy Bad fish Not like going down the pond chasing bluegills or tummy cats This shark swallow you whole Shaking Tenderizing Down you go And we gotta do it quick I don't bring back the tourists I will put all your businesses on a paying basis But it's not gonna be pleasant I value my neck a lot more than 3,000 bucks chief. I'll find him for three But I'll catch him and kill him For ten and You gotta make up your minds You wanna stay alive and ante up You wanna play it cheap The welfare the whole winter. I don't want no volunteers. I don't want no mates. There's too many captains on this island. $10,000 for me by myself. For that you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing.
1: That's Robert Shaw in Jaws. Why do you keep coming back to that film? As you said, it is a classic, but for, you know, three to four hundred times, you've watched it extraordinary.
2: Well, in the space of like 30 nearly 40 years of my life, <laughs> you know what I mean? It isn't that many times. You, like, or maybe maybe I'll exaggerate a bit. I, <laughs> let's say, we'll go half, let's go 200, I reckon. I, 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 as I said, a lot of the time I'm, when I'm painting, I'll have something on in the background. If I can't think of anything to watch or I'm getting distracted, I'll pop jaws on because... I know what's happening. I don't even have to. I, I won't even look at the screen. It's just there, background noise, you know. So that that sort of happens there. And there's there's t- tons of other films which which I do the same thing, like Predator and stuff like that. And I'm a massive Arnie fan. So um, those so those films that you've seen. Hundreds of times just get popped
1: up. It is, and Jaws is an absolute classic, still able to shock people even at this stage. Let's move on. You are not into musicals. You will be upsetting many, many
2: regular listeners here. Yeah, no, I'm sorry to... I'm not actually. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. This, I, I have to... You have to stay true to yourself at some point, and my wife will be rolling her eyes listening to this. I just don't like musicals. I don't know what it is. I if it, whether it's Annie, or she, she makes me try and watch them and stuff, we try to watch Annie the other week, or whenever it was, and then Sound the Music, I just kind of stick people <laughs> the words along, <laughs> I just don't like it, and I don't know why, and I'm, but you like what you like, don't you, do you know what I mean, so I have got no suggestion for musicals, you guys can take that one if you
1: want. We'll get, Joe, we'll, <laughs> you know, we'll get to your book choice in just a moment, but let's go to your favourite TV shows, what, were you, what did you watch as a child, and what are you looking at right now?
2: Um, right, well, so, when I was younger, I would, You know, in the 80s, 90s, that kind of stuff, Thundercats, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all that kind of stuff was just... You sit waiting for... There was four channels back then, wasn't it? So you sat and you wait in the morning and you know you've got the TV guy and you're waiting for... Classic staples of Saturday (laughs) morning TV on
1: (laughs) ITV, ITV, BBC.
2: (laughs) Mum and Dad, Fast Asleep, me just watching that stuff downstairs. Um, But then you move on to teenagers and I think most kids my age uh, were were obsessed with friends. Like, you know... um, Boys for one reason, girls for another. I and uh, yeah, so I was no different. And then I moved into my twenties when I was at, when I was playing at Newcastle. And I remember actually one time watching Twenty Four when it first came out. And well, me and my mate were sat watching it. Kept, playing, oh, we'll just watch another one. We'll just watch another one. Next thing we looked up at the clock and it's half six in the morning. We've got training in half eight, <laughs> so I had to get to back to bed. Completely forgot, completely forgot what time it was. Um, but nowadays, I say. I, I go to, I tend to watch when I'm pa- when I'm painting. So something which is easy to watch, nothing too heavy. I don't like something which is going to affect my mood when I'm doing pa- painting or when I'm, I'm in... Because TV does have a knock-on effect, so everyone raves on about Breaking Bad and stuff. Crap. <laughs> um, but I like... When my wife and I watched um, Shit's Creek the other week. Hilarious. That was some, some funny stuff. And then also, um, I like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's kind of comedy, kind of really easy stuff to watch. I mean, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, job done, Real, you got a smile on your face, and that's what I like.
1: Yeah, and you certainly do get it from Shits Creek. So let's have a bit of a listen to Shits Creek as Maura Rose having her son David. <laughs> this was your idea. You're
0: the one who allegedly made the enchiladas. Yes. So try to keep up. Okay. Next. Now's the time to sprinkle in the chili pepper flakes. We've already done that. Whenever number are we on? Oh my God! Is this not your mother's recipe? Yes. Yeah, so and now I'm passing it on to you. So try to keep up. Um. Oh next step is to fold in the cheese what does that mean what does fold in the cheese mean he folds it in (laughs) i
1: i understand that but how how do you fold it do you fold it in half like a piece of paper and drop it in the pot or what
0: do you do david i cannot show you everything okay well can you show me one thing you just, here's what you do, uh-huh. you just fold it in. Okay, I don't know how to fold broken cheese like that. And I don't know how to be any clearer. You take that thing that's in your hand, uh-huh. and you... If you say fold in one more time... It says fold it in! This is your recipe. You fold in the cheese then. Don't you dare. You fold it in. David! Oh, good. Now I see bubbles. David! What does burning smell like?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Might actually watch that entire episode later on this evening. <laughs> He's got an amazing
2: accent where rose, honestly. <laughs> Let's move on to your favourite author. Tell us about him. Yeah, so I tend not to get to read much because any time I would be reading, I'm, I'm actually painting. So, you know, when you read at night time in bed, well, I'm normally up till two in the morning painting and stuff. So I actually don't get that much time. But when I do, I would, my go-to guy would be Bernard Cornwall. Um, specifically, he has a, a, a series of books called The Saxon Stories, which is about, and there was a, Netflix series about it um, called The Last Kingdom, but the stories, the, the the books, are fantastic, and I do like history a lot. A lot of the stuff I listen to when I'm driving the car is history podcasts and all that kind of stuff, uh, and I'm a big fan of that Viking age as well. So it's a uh, basically it's real history with a fictional story planted in between it. So he's going to real battles that happened. He's going. He's speaking with real, real people who existed, uh, King Alfred and all that kind of stuff. And then he's living his life and story through this. So it's really well intertwined because Bernard Cornwall knows this stuff. Um, And it just, I really like how he sort of, I said, tells this fictional story within the real history, which I, which I I know so well. So it's, that's what I like about it.
1: Yep. So let's get a little bit of an extract from *The Last Kingdom* by Bernard Cornwall.
2: It was autumn,
3: but the sun shone and the seas were gentle. The cliffs were thick with the last growth of summer. There were seals on the rocks, and a host of seabirds wheeling and shrieking. We had left the fortress in the forenoon, riding north, and though we carried hawks, we did not ride to hunt, but rather so my father could make up his mind. We ruled this land. My father, a elder man Utred, was lord of everything south of the Tuede and north of the Tyne, But we had a king in Northumbria, and his name, like mine, was Osbert. He lived to the south and did not bother us. But now, a man called Ella wanted the throne, and Ella, who was Neoldamund from the hills west of Eiffelwick, had raised an army to challenge Osbert, and had sent gifts to my father to encourage his support. My father held the fate of the rebellion in his grip. Or so we thought...
1: And that's an extract from Bernard Cornwell's Last Kingdom. Now, normally at this time, Ed, we ask people to dig into something that they might have read in the past, a song they listen to, or a film that they like to recommend. What is? But you're going to recommend some art, apart from your own, which of course is fantastic. Yeah. But tell tell us, tell people out there what you like and what you think they should maybe have a have a look into. Well, that's, uh,
2: I think art's a good thing to, for anyone to start looking into, uh, whether it's just to brighten up your home or an investment. Um, I, I, I don't. I tend to just follow the trend when it comes to listening and watching and all that kind of stuff. So I don't have any buried special book which no one knows about to, to tell you about, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, no, the art, art obviously is a huge part a part of my life now. And um, yeah, it's it, it should be you sh- you sh- people should have art on their walls. It, 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 the, the emotion it creates when you look at art and stuff, and when you when you want to have the that impulse to buy something to put it on your home. That, that's uh, that's that's important, I think, right? and and it's an investable thing as well. Especially now, I said another shameless plug. If you pop into the oral guy and, <laughs> and see some of the, but content. for
1: people out there to get them to get them started, who should you know? Just
2: even look online for something.
1: What should be looking at?
2: Well, as I said, you you want to be looking for someone who's in a in a reputable space, who's got a, a decent history behind them and stuff, and not. Uh, I would also try and get people who are not trying to be this trying to be too commercial but you they've got to, everyone's got to make their money do you know what i mean so however however you play that out is fine but whatever it jumps out at you whether it's pop culture whether it's traditional art anything like that you can't really tell someone what what to look for when it comes to art but as i said there's there's a, a lot of good art especially in ireland they are very very good when it comes to supporting the arts and, and promoting artists and all that kind of stuff so uh, it's a very very good place to be and there's definitely tons of advice out there if people need to, to, to seek it um all galleries will know uh, where to direct you if you if you don't even know as well. A lot of the time, people don't know, and they they need a bit of guidance. So there is there's plenty of guidance there for for people who don't know what they're
1: doing. Okay, Ed Williamson, thank you very much for becoming the newest member of our Culture Club here on the Last Word. The Last Word
3: with Matt Cooper, weekdays from four thirty.